Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome to the cutest madman podcast in all of cyberspace, Made Man, where today I just finished watching Season 7, Episode 8 of Mad Men, Severance. And yes, the first thing I thought of was Joan Severance. Is she in this? She's not. Um, but before we talk in depth about today's episode, let's take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. Guess who's back? Back again. Draper's back. Ladies' man. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I'm not going to sing it, but um, it seems like this episode uh, and the changes that obviously took place between the last episode and this episode has brought back a certain trait in Mr. Donald Draper, and that trait is to be going after the ladies. In fact, I thought that this episode opened up with just that. I thought, okay, they're tricking us. They're making it look like Don's working, but he's actually just a creep who is trying to get this woman in um, her chinchilla coat to um, just like, I don't know, sleep with him. But no, I was wrong. He actually was working. This is work. This is what they're paid for. And they waited to the last like moment to show that like Don's giving her direction. Take the coat off and put your leg up and, and show us your smooth skin. All these things where it's like like a creepy seduction. seduction. Uh, and then you see just the guy sitting on the couch. You see Ted and uh, you see Pete and you see, I don't know, maybe the client, a couple guys sitting there. And they're like, oh, thank you. Uh, come again. So they're they're casting for a commercial. They have one person come in. They have another person come in. Let's have the next person come in. And uh, so they've been dealing with that. And it seems like, I'm guessing, some of these casting girls uh, became the girls they went out with. I don't know. But the next scene, we see Don and we see a mustachioed Roger. They're at a diner and they're with three young women. And they're just kind of, it looks like they either went to a party or came from a party or a award show or something because they're dressed, dressed in tuxedos. The women are all dressed up. Don's got his arm draped around some woman that I don't know. I don't know her name. Don't know her, who she is. And I don't think it matters. He's hanging out. He's telling stories about his time in the, uh, in the whorehouse, talking about a toaster, just giving like um, an old quip of a story. And, and Roger comes back and he's like, oh, um, he goes, oh, he's telling stories about when he was so poor, huh? And then they were joking about who's going to take the check and everything. And then Roger had the best line. He was with, he had two women. He had his armor on both of them. And he says, looks like I'm going to have to bring one of you home. You guys figure out which one. I love that because it's so sexist and everything, but it's so Roger where it's like, look, one of you is going home, but the other one gets to come home with me. You guys figure it out. Now I thought the old Roger would just take them both home with him. I don't know. But the thing that um, stood out in the diner is that this waitress, she was reading a, a fancy book. I don't even remember what the name of it is. And I'm sure it's important. I'm sure it is. I almost want to click on it just to see um, if I could see what the name of the book is because I'm sure it matters. Um, but she's reading this fancy book and they're kind of joking about her, like calling her this, um, like, oh, look at her. Like, she's so intellectual. And, um, and uh, Roger's being kind of mean to her. And she just seems like, you know, this um, this smart woman who's re okay Jean Doe Passer the 42nd parallel 
I don't know. I don't know things. Again, I'm not very smart. So I don't know what significance that book has in history. I don't know what significance that book has in this episode. I don't know at all. And I'm going to admit it. But this woman was reading the book. She seems to, um, um, you know, not kind of fall into being offended or taking any guff from them. She's just like, what's your order? Here's your bill. Um, and Roger ends up giving her a $100 tip. He's like, that should cover it because he was being rude. Uh, but Don was like, I think I know you. Do I know you? Do I know you? And as far as, um, you know, we're concerned, I don't think he knows her at all. Uh, but she looks familiar. And I was like, why does she look familiar? And I think she just looks familiar because the actress herself um, I've seen in other things. Not because she's been on previous episodes of Mad Men. So Don ends up back in his apartment in the next scene, and he's alone. Now, did he go off and party with this girl? I don't know. But he comes home. He calls his answering service. And the woman is like, you have a few messages, all from different women. Now, is this a bachelor answering service where they're like, there's this woman and there's this woman? And I think they were all women, right? I, if I'm correct, it was just different people. And he's like, give me back one of their... He, he joked, he flirted with the, report, uh, with the operator herself and then said, um, you know, give me this person's number. And young woman shows up. She's a flight attendant. Um, there was uh, something going on, so she, her flights were delayed, so she has time. So they just chill out and do what Don Draper does. I want to say, I don't want to say the best, but he does the most, and that's sleep with people. He, you know, the, this woman has no like stakes in the episode. She's walking around in her, in her underwear. She spills wine all over the carpet. Don doesn't even care. He just covers it with a sheet and climbs on top of her. She finds Megan's old earring. That, maybe that's the significance. She's like, Oh, another woman you slept with. He goes, Oh, the only woman I don't sleep with. That's my ex wives. And he just threw the earring over his shoulder and went back to doing what Don Draper. I don't want to say what he likes to do the most, but what Don thinks Don likes to do the most. He gets drunk. And he sleeps with people. And he thinks that fills a void that obviously it doesn't. Look at that, huh? Intellectual. Now, the big client, the big kind of in-office client thing that we see this episode is with the um, Topaz. Topaz pantyhose. And them, them, you remember these guys are very much like, um, I think they, they think they're better than your average pantyhose. But... Uh, Joan and Peggy are like, look, this is from Haynes. It opens up the egg of legs. Now, I don't like. I don't know if those are still available. I, I'm sure they still are. I doubt they do the egg. But growing up, I just remember seeing those eggs all the time at grocery stores, at pharmacies, and it looks like this is when they became a new product. And they're like, look, these are a dollar something. They're cheaper. They're not as good, but they are cheaper, and they're everywhere. And people will buy them. Uh, and the Topaz guys are like, well, why don't we put ours in, in a giant Topaz, like a see-through Topaz? They're basically just copying them. Um, so Joan and Peggy are dealing with them, and these guys are just like, they're not extremely happy with the product, but they're like, we, fi we have a problem. We figured it out. They think they figured it out by just copying uh, Hanes. Peggy's like, you know, if you copy them, you'll be second. You know, that's a far, far cry from first. Um, and... It seems like they did tell the guy about Haynes in the past, but um, they weren't really, uh, 
they didn't seem receptive enough or they didn't they didn't react in time um also harry's in the office too and he's talking about you know he's there for his commercial stuff and i feel like harry put on some weight i don't know if that is just the actor got heavier or his shirt is tighter or it's just something i was supposed to notice because um he definitely uh looks a little chubbier. Uh, then our, our good friend, the nicest guy in the office, who I think is the, the nicest guy in the office, Ken Cosgrove, comes in uh, and takes the guys off for lunch. And um, the Topaz guys, we will see them throughout the episode. Well, actually, do we see them anymore? No, but the product itself, um, we will be hang- we will be dealing with throughout the majority of this episode. Majority? I don't know. But through the width of this episode, me me like words. Length of this episode, width. What am I talking about? So, um, let's talk about Peggy. I think like, we could do Peggy's whole story. I don't know if we could do the whole thing. Uh, to be honest with you, today I have the episode in front of me, and I'm kind of skimming through it as I just watched it. Um, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen? A big thing happened today. I finally learned the ca- a character's name. Um, he was always the other guy. The other guy in creative. The other guy who who wasn't Stan, who wasn't Ginsburg. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Mathis. His name is literally Johnny Mathis. Now I will never forget. Of course, there's only so many episodes left, but Mathis actually plays a part in this. They give him a little character development. Number one, you find out he has a wife. Number two, you find out that him and his wife, um, uh, they want to have a, um, they're trying to set up Peggy with a double date. They're trying to have Peggy come over and spend time with her, um, his his wife's brother. So his brother-in-law is in town. He thought that they could hit it. They'd hit it off. And Peggy was like, "Oh, you know, thank you, but no thanks." He goes, "If that doesn't, how would that work? I'm your boss, and if it worked out great, but some that'd be weird. If it didn't work out great, that'd be even weirder." Um, and so it seems like she's like, "Thank you, but no thank you." Now, Don came into the office, and he um, he was like, you could see he wanted to take a nap. All he cared about was taking a nap. Tell me when you can wake me. She's like, you have casting in an hour. Uh, so a little later, he heads upstairs, and he finds Joan hanging out with the casting. That's how Joan finally got to him. He goes like, are you, are you auditioning? She says, oh, no, I, just, um, I tried to make a meeting with uh, Meredith, and she just told me how uh, busy you were, how much work you were doing. In other words, Joan knew that... Um, Don was sleeping uh, but she's there to talk about to kind of bring up the whole thing with the Topaz and the Haynes and Don has the idea of you know go to the department stores and slap a new name on it don't call it Topaz anymore call it Macy's give it the Macy's brand so that's basically take their product license it to Macy's boom right I think it's licensing that's what I've learned from Shark Tank um, let's cut over to Ken Cosgrove the great Ray Wise, who is just a fantastic actor. That's Ken's father-in-law. He's retiring from Dow. Uh, and in doing so, uh, he's just looking for the next chapter in his life. He's still young. He still feels like he can do things. Because a lot of people his age have already had two heart attacks. And um, he ends up getting, oh, uh, Ken ends up giving him a nice set of golf clubs. So that really, that is kind of setting things up for... Um, what is going to happen with Ken? What Ken's wife thinks of um, Ken, and what ultimately we think—well, actually, it all ends up happening. Uh, it all ends up stemming from what we, uh, from his dad retiring, and from his father-in-law retiring, 
And Ken Cosgrove, to me, is the nicest guy in the office. And anything good he gets, I feel good about, well-deserved. And including what I like to call comeuppance. And we'll get there. We'll get there later, 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 later in the episode. Now, uh, Don, I'm pretty sure he's just having a dream. Because Don has a... um, Another casting, and this time it's Rachel from, um, oh my God, I, I, I can't, I can never remember the name of the, um, the, the department store, but remember Rachel all the way back in season two, she was Tara on Sons of Anarchy, they dated, at one point he wanted to leave his whole family, run away with her, all of a sudden she is in the casting, and she is uh, in a mink coat, and it's, you could tell it's really... You can't tell, actually. At first, I'm thinking, is this actually happening? This can't be happening. And uh, then we see Don in bed. And it seems like that was just a dream, a weird dream of him um, dreaming about Rachel. Now, then we go back to Ken, and we actually see him with his um, eye patch off. We don't get a, 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 you know, a bright look at it, but why would he wear his eye patch at home around his wife? You know? Um his eye is closed. It's not like a hole. It's not like, again, Walking Dead. Um, it's just... I don't know why I said again, Walking Dead. It's just closed uh, and looks like, you know, he can't open it. And it's obviously blind. And he and his wife have a little conversation about um, work. And her thinking about her dad. Thinking, why are you doing what you're doing? You should be writing. You should write that great American novel. We could buy a farm. You have enough money to do that now. You're not, you know, you're not, we're not, um, um, we're not in the poor house, whatever it was. It was like, we, we can do this. We can afford to do this now. Oh, she goes, and it's not like I come from nothing. So in other words, she has family money. He has money. He's a good writer. Let's do it. And Ken was like, I don't even know what I'd write about. And he goes, I don't even, and he goes, I don't even know if I have a book in me. Um, he goes, why don't you write a book? He was kind of snappy at her. And he's like, I want to see what's going on. I want to see if I can get this promotion. He's, he's giving his time to the business. He loves the company, and he wants to give his time to it to get that promotion. And she's like, you've given your eye. What else can you give? Uh, and he wants to see the promotion, too. He cares about the company. He in You'd think the company cares about him, right? Right? Again, remember the word. Comeuppance. Comeuppance. Don comes into work um, again, and guess what? It's time for more casting. Uh, his secretary's like, "Can't you smell the cheap perfume?" She seems like she's getting, she's good at her job, even though she's still like, she's a little not ditzy, but she's a little just like um, carefree. She seems like very much like I'm leaving today at five o'clock, and I'm not going to have any. You're not going to say anything about it. Like she's so nice, um, but she she's good at her job, um, and. He's like, can you get uh, Rachel Katz, right? That's her name, on the uh, from Mc Mc something department store. Oh my god, I don't remember. Can you get her on the phone? Uh, she should be on the Rolodex. And he goes off to do more casting. Meanwhile, we see uh, Joan and Peggy talking to guys, three guys from McCann, from yeah, McCann's, uh, McCann Erickson, talking about getting them into the department stores, talking about getting into things like Macy's. And these three, 
I'm going to say it. These three assholes um, are just sexist to them. They're they're like, oh, um, are they panties? Would you take them down? Are they easy to take off? Are you wearing them right now? Ooh, I like the drop in panties. You should work in brassieres, Joan. You really, you really are something. You could work in bras. Um, you should get this guy. Um, oh, the guy from Macy's. If you want to get him something, get him a nice package of a uh, nice um, basket of pears. He loves a good pear. Just saying a lot of sexist things, and they're just kind of taking it. Joan is taking it and just kind of staring at um, at them, like you know. Just you could see Joan's really uncomfortable about it, and um, Peggy's just being much more smiley about it. Like, oh, yes, yes, everything's fine, everything's okay. Um, but you could see that it's bothering both of them, and this is—it's almost like Peggy's like, you know, this is the price, this is the price uh, you pay to do work as a woman, which is disgusting. Um, being a guy who works primarily with women. I couldn't imagine um, acting that way. It's crazy. It's insane. Uh, and it, maybe it's a sign of the times, but it isn't the sign of the times. Also, it's, it, it's a sign of the times that they get away with it. But it's not a sign of the times that they do it. They're just assholes for doing it. Again, my buddy Ken wouldn't do that. Would he? I don't think so. Speaking of Ken, he uh, shows up to work and Don and someone from Dow Chemical, not Dow, from McCann's, um, is not Don. I got both wrong. Roger and a guy from from McCann's are waiting to talk to him. They go into Roger's office, and guess what? Ken's been fired. The guy who told his wife the night before that he loves this company, and she wants him to leave and start writing, and he's like, I, I care about the company. I want to try to get that promotion. The next day, he comes into work, and they're letting him go. Give all your Dow Chemical stuff to Pete. We don't want you here anymore. So what I forgot is that Ken worked for McCann and left them to come to uh, Sterling Cooper Draper Price. And now the guy from McCann is kind of flexing his muscle and forcing him out. Real dick move, real vindictive. But again, remember. Remember the word. Oh, and they're going to give him a, a generous severance package remember the name of the episode severance but also remember the word a comeuppance uh back with joan and peggy um it's interesting how what happens here now this meeting these two women both go in two different directions and i don't know if this is reactionary to what happened in the meeting i kind of think it is so they're in the elevator together and Peggy and her start arguing. Well, they start talking about it. And Joan's like, well, that's just, I mean, Peggy's like, well, that's just what you have to deal with. And, um, you know, because you dress that way. And Joan's like, what? Excuse me? I dress this way uh, because or she said something like, uh, if you're saying that um, we are very different looking, then yeah, you're right. Or she was kind of rude back to her. Like, yeah, I can look this way because I can and you can't. And blah, blah, blah. But um, so the little argument, and I, I do like the way they, they kind of, they're not friends. They're, they're, they're almost rivals. And it's unfortunate because they are two important women in the company, in a business where, um, um, you know, most of the women are secretaries. Oh, you know what? And I forgot. Joan says, um, someone says something about, you know, having to do this. And Peggy's like, you're filthy rich. You don't have to do any of this. 
and you realize, oh yeah, she has a lot of money now, and we'll talk about that, because there have been major changes in, that I didn't even bring up, but we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, right now we're just talking about what we see in this episode, and um, what we see is back in the office, we find out something awful. Uh, Dawn's secretary comes in and lets her know that um, Rachel doesn't work at McCann's anymore, and recently, just a couple days ago, she passed away. He's like, what? He was completely in shock. She's younger than me. She died. And um, he had a dream of her the other day. And now he died. And now she's dead. That's crazy that, you know, she was so much on his mind. Um, over in the other, another part of the office, Mathis was walking by. See, I know his name now. Mathis walking by Peggy's office. And Peggy, this time, she's like, you know what? Um... I will come to dinner with you. And they're like, oh, we've already made plans. She goes, you know what? Then give me his number. I don't know if it's reactionary or if she just is looking for something to take her mind off the meeting and the dealing with, with um, Macy's uh, or with McCann. Oh, by the way, they agreed to do um, the idea that Dawn came up with as far as, I'm assuming, licensing out to Macy's and department stores. Um, so at least that worked out for them, even though they were jerks. But Mathis is like, uh, oh, you know, we, we already have plans. And she's um, um, she's like, oh, why don't you give me his number? He's like, all right. Now we go back to the diner. I don't know if this woman just reminds Dawn of Rachel, but he shows up again. And he's like, I swear I know you. And she's like, look, I'm going on break. And it was almost like, look, this is literally what she, she said to him. She goes, look, I'm going in the back to smoke a cigarette. Please come out into the alley and sex me. Because that is exactly what happened. No questions asked. Don goes out there, starts making out with her. You hear her unzip, and boom, they do it. She goes back into the office. She goes back into the uh, the diner. Don comes back in and sit down, and she's like, um, "Look, you got your hundred dollars worth. You know that's the end of it." Like almost like, I don't want to. This is I don't know what the hell she was thinking, but maybe she felt um, disgusted with herself that she. Um, that she just did that with some complete stranger. I don't know. But um, Don heads back into the office. Oh, no, they must have gone to the diner first. Heads, oh, no, that was the night before. Heads to the office the next day, and who do we see but uh, Ken. He's in the phone booth hanging out, and hes you could see he's just sad. Don talks to him a little bit, and uh, he, he tells Don what happened, and Don's like, I'll speak to this guy immediately. He's like, nope, nope, I'm okay with it. He explains the whole thing with his wife. And he goes like, this is almost like it was meant to be. I just have to bring myself to go into the office because he has to go in there and hand over all his work to Pete. And that was the hard part that he had to deal with. Um, now, before I said uh, Peggy, I, f I felt like or I wondered if her going out with this guy was a reaction to kind of like blowing off steam uh, after that terrible meeting. Joan gets a phone call from one of the guys at McCain Erickson and says, you know what? No, tell him I'm in a meeting. And instead of the meeting, she goes off and tries on all these fancy dresses and fancy clothes. And she's like, I want this. I want this. I want that. And I want these boots. And the girl's like, didn't you used to work here? You could probably get a nice employee discount. She goes, I think you're confusing me with someone else. No way would Joan work at a department store. Um, you know, because that's so belittling. I don't know that. It bothered me that she was bothered by the fact that she that someone recognized her. But she's like, I'm thinking, I'm a different person now. 
Um, I'm a different man. Uh, Pete and Ken actually had a nice moment. There are moments where Crazy Pete um, can actually seem sincere, and I feel like this time around he is, even though he did come off a little swarmy. Smarmy? Smarmy. Um, and I'll tell you why. So they're going over all the paperwork that Pete, that, um, that Ken is giving over to Pete. And Pete is apologizing. He's like, I didn't know about this. I didn't know this was coming. I found out after you. I believe that. Um, and he's like, um, he starts talking about writing. And Pete likes his writing. Or remembered he wrote. And he's like, that's awesome. You should do that. He goes, don't write about it. He goes, at least I have something to write about. And he's like, don't write about this place. It's boring. You should write about, you know, the 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 fantasy stuff that you write about Martians and stuff like that. And then they were talking about like how easy, how nice it is for Pete or whatever, because Pete has, uh, is rich now has millions. And Pete's like, I don't have millions, at least not yet. Um, and he said, he goes, and it comes at small, you know, over time and in intervals. And I may have to end up buying a, um, an apartment building, but then I have to be a landlord. And Ken's like, Oh, it's really, really hard, really hard. You have to deal with, he didn't even realize that he was being kind of um, dicky, but um, a little bit he was. Um, oh, yeah, Ted Shaw has a mustache now because him and Roger decided to get mustaches together. He, he's like, um, hey, listen, uh, Vogue is throwing a party at my house. So he obviously left. I'm guessing he left his family, too. He's like, throwing a party at my house, and I hear hemlines are going up, meaning the, sh the skirts are going to be shorter. And uh, he's like, John's like, okay. He's like, when are you going? He goes, I'm leaving right now. He's like, all right. So it seemed like Don is up for more partying and more, you know, womanizing, womanizing. Um, and, uh, but we don't actually see that party. I thought we were going to, but we don't. Um, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. So Peggy went out with uh, this fella and it started off a little, a little quiet. Like they're just kind of talking a little bit and, um, they get their order, and this guy gets the wrong order. And she couldn't understand why he wouldn't say this is the wrong order. And he just kind of was a pushover a little bit about it. And um, the guy's like, oh, he's, he said you speak your mind. Um, oh, really? What else did he say? She's talking about Mathis, the, her employee. And he's like, well, he also said that you're very funny, and you're not afraid of anything. Um, or you fear nothing. Or you don't fear anything. And that seemed to really be smitten. And then she decided, I like veal. She took his di dinner and gave him her pasta because he ordered pasta anyway. He ordered lasagna. Um, and that seemed to kick things off okay with her. Um, because they end up, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm going in order this time. This is, this is crazy. This feels like um, like the old days I used to take, find, find a storyline. Of course, I'd also be outside, not in front of my computer. So I feel like this is a better way. Found out just in time with eight episodes left. Um, but Don, I think, I think he's going to Ted Shaw's house to to um, to find another lady, another conquest for the evening. But instead, he ends up at an apartment where they are sitting Shiva for Rachel, who died. He meets the sister, who I definitely recognize the actress, and I don't know what I recognize her, in, but I've definitely seen her in plenty of things. Um, and she's like, I know who you are. She wasn't mean to him. And the guy's like, oh, can you come in? She goes, oh, he's not Jewish. He can't partake in the ceremony. Forgive me. I don't know what the ceremony's called. Um, and she just speaks to him a little bit, lets him know that uh, she died of leukemia. 
he hasn't spoken to her in years. And, uh, oh, she has children. He goes, I knew it before the kids. The only problem is the woman goes, I don't know what you want here. And it's like he just wanted to pay his respects. So I don't understand what this woman's... I mean, I, I know she's sad about her sister, but she, should, she shouldn't have taken out a dog. I'm, that's just my opinion. Um, cut back over to dinner, and they're actually having a really good time. They're drinking. They're giggling. They're talking about going to Paris. And they're like, let's go to Paris right now. And they, they decided at that moment they're going to go to Paris for the weekend. Um, they end up back in Peggy's apartment. And she, is it Peggy's apartment or her office? I can't. No, it's her apartment. But she can't find her password. She's freaking out. Can't find her password. She's drunk. They're kissing. They're kissing. They're kissing. And he's like, "Look, the, pl- the flight doesn't leave for hours." Um, and he goes, "I don't want to disappoint you, but I don't. I won't take me that long." Um, and you forget that you could probably just get a passport, go to the airport, book a flight, and go. Um, it's not quite the the process that it is now. Uh, but she's like, "Look." I thought this was going to be just a, a thing, but uh, like a fling. But now I'm thinking it might be more than that, and I don't want to sleep with you on our uh, on the first night I meet you. And he actually seemed to be okay with it. He's like, I have to go to a job appoint. Uh, I have a job um, interview here. I have a job interview. On- oh, and this weekend I'm here. So they're like, let's see each other. Let's try to go a couple weeks from now. They kiss each other and they leave for the night. He leaves for the night, and that's really the end of. Um, Peggy's story, I think. I don't think we get any more with Peggy. Oh, no. I forget. We do. Um, but it's more like... Um, it's just kind of the aftermath of Mathis and Stan um, seeing her. Why don't, actually, why don't we talk about it right now? So, back in the office, um, Stan is giving some storyboards to Peggy and um, she wakes... Well, she woke up and then you could see that the alarm in the morning was um, not too... She didn't seem to like it too much. So they come in um, into the office, and Stan's giving her storyboards, and then Mathis comes in with some aspirin and, and uh, or some... It looked like Elka-Seltzer. Um, pop-up fizz-fizz. Uh, and she's like... He's like, oh, you had quite a night last night. And Stan's like... You see this big grin on Stan's face. He's like, oh, with who? Oh, she's going on a... Um, She's going uh, to Paris, to Europe with my brother-in-law. She's like, stop it. I don't know what we're doing. Um, you need, you have work to do. And he leaves the room get, smiling. Stan has this big smile on his face. Um, and it was like, you know, it was just, they were just kind of joking with her. He's like, good for you. You should go. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, something like that. Um, but that, that, excuse me, that truly is the end of the, um, of the, the, uh, Peggy story right there. Um, we do see, uh, before she wakes up, we also see Dawn kind of waking up in the morning. And that is where we see the backdrop of American history, where Richard Nixon is declaring that um, they are starting to um, rich, take um, troops out of Vietnam. I, I'm not a historian, so I don't even know what year this is. Um, I'd like to say we're in the 70s now. The mustache alone should be telling me this Stan's styling by the way is ridiculous um, but that again it's just a little backdrop of history that um, we're seeing kind of going on in the world around us uh, while we're dealing with these characters uh, back in the office do you remember when I said comeuppance well um, uh, what's his name Roger and Pete are in the meeting in the morning and uh, Ken walks in 
Uh, Ken should be done. Ken should be gone. They're like, oh, what are you doing? Are you, you in this meeting? He says, I just want to let you know that um, I'm looking forward to working together. They're like, what? He goes, oh, um, I work at, I'm at Dow Chemicals now. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing, grunt work? He goes, no, I'm the place where his father-in-law used to work. He goes, no, I'm head of accounts. I'm head of advertising. Um, and, uh, you know, that means he goes, oh, I'm, he says, even worse, I'm one of your clients now. You're going to have to deal with me. And he walks out and you just see Pete go, shit. Um, so comeuppance means now Ken is the client. Ken, he goes, are you firing us? He's like, um, no, he, but he's, but you have to work with him. I don't know. It just, it was awesome because Ken, instead of taking the job as being a writer, he decided to um, take or, or get a job elsewhere in another company, head of, head of advertising, working with this advertising firm that fired him. So it's like, oh, you're going to screw me? Well, guess what? Now I'm going to screw you. And I loved it. And that's where today's word, ladies and gentlemen, today's secret word is a comeuppance. So our episode, um, as it's winding down, uh, his secretary's like, you still have this meeting with this guy. He's like, from where? And she said, from the department store, which I can still not remember the name of the department store. It took me years to get Mathis. Um, but remember, he wanted to see Rachel. He probably wanted to maybe do, maybe the meeting was just to talk to Rachel. Uh, but now he still has a meeting with the department store. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 thank you. He heads back to the diner to see the um, the waitress, and he tells her that, you know, I had a dream about someone, and then the next day she died, and, and he's like, do I remind you of her? Do you think I'm her? He's like, no, I, I don't think that. And she's like, listen, um, he goes, sometimes, he goes, do you remember when you had the dream? Sometimes the dreams are weird. Uh, you think you're you're having a, a, I don't know what she meant by that. Like, did, you, did he have the dream after finding out she died? I don't know what that meant. But she's like, listen, the next time you come in here, you need to bring a woman with you because I just want to work. He goes, I just want to sit here. She's like, all right. She walks off. He's sitting in the diner alone. And that's how the episode ends. Um, so a lot happened from our break to this episode. I feel like, was it a, like, I don't know what the exact um, month or, you know, the exact timing of this episode was. I'm going to look it up really quick, see if I can see um, the episode Severance. This episode came out in 2015, and um, the previous episode came out in, I want to say, does it say? <sighs> I don't think it does. Oh, no. This So the previous episode was May 2014. That's where they decided to have McCann buy them out. Uh, and then this episode is April 2015. So let's be honest, it's a year later. So you want to, I can't believe they didn't just call this season eight because this is, this, this is, it feels like a new season. Um, so much time has passed. Roger, enough time for Roger to grow a groovy mustache. Uh, enough time for Lou to be gone. Ted, I mean, not Ted. Um, it seems like um, Jim McCann, gone um he jim mccann wasn't jim mccann jim it was harry, harry whatever whoever harry hamlin was um harry hamlin my god i can't remember names words words and names are, are confusing me um 
But all of those um, those guys are gone. Ted is still there. Remember, they wanted to keep Ted, so they kept Ted. Uh, they wanted to keep Don, and they wanted to keep Roger. And they did just that. And now, um, Roger, Don, Don has his old office back. The, the, the desk is back where it belongs. The drink cart is back where it belongs. And um, Don's office is back where it belongs. Isn't it nice? It makes sense. It's, it, is, um, it just feels right in the office, you know? feels good. So I didn't even think of that. Harry Hamlin's gone. Ted Shaw's got a mustache too, a groovy mustache. He's back. Um, and the office is, I don't know if it's called Sterling Cooper and Partners anymore, um, but now Ken is gone. Um, Joan, she just looks fancier. Maybe because she has a lot of money now. I don't know. Uh, but those are the major changes in the office. Um, and the, the partners obviously made a lot of money, but I don't think um, Harry Crane is one of those partners, which is awesome. You know, it was when the whole thing was going on with um, with Topaz, when they had the meeting with them, and they left the room, and the women were like, or Jones says, what do we do? And Harry says, you keep the client. And I think by that, I think he meant you do whatever you take. Whatever they want, you do. You do whatever it takes, you do. You want to keep the client, that's what you do. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Um, but in this episode, geez, um, Don is back in power. Uh, Peggy, maybe she has an actual boyfriend. She, this guy seems like a nice guy. Joan has money, but we didn't see much else different except she went on a shopping spree to make herself feel better. Uh, Pete, he's, he, you know, he, he feels he's back in New York. He felt like California felt like a dream to him. Um, so maybe that girlfriend's out of the picture too. Must be. I doubt uh, Trudy and Tammy are much in his life. He didn't have a wedding ring on, so that is over with. Uh, hopefully he sees his daughter more now. And he's got money coming his way, so he's happy about that. Uh, Don. I mean, the big thing is Don, Roger's Roger. Roger will always be Roger. Nothing changed there. Don seems to be back to his womanizing ways. Womanizing ways. Um, going to parties, intoxes, and sleeping with different women and calling different women. And it's just like woman, woman, woman. Um, but the whole thing with Rachel, is like maybe that affected him. The fact that he found out that someone he cared about so much, um, somebody that he probably loved at one point, died. Uh, again, mind you, these are all, this is all while he's married. So let's not forget that. Um, but, you know, that, um, that really seemed to affect him. So much, to, so, much so that he went and, and uh, banged a waitress in an alleyway. I know that sounds crude, but it just was the funniest way to say it. Um, but that was a little, like, weird. I don't know what was going on there. It's almost like, uh, I'm Don Draper. Make me feel better by sleeping with me, please. Oh, it didn't work. I don't feel better. I'm sad. Boo-hoo-hoo. He's got two ex-wives now. He's getting divorced from the second one. He told this woman at the sitting shiva. Um, you know, when she says, I know who you are, she probably knew him as the married man who Rachel was having a dalliance with. Uh, and of course you look down upon such a fella. Why wouldn't you? Um, I think I've covered everything. I think I did it. We did it. We did it. You know why? Cause we're a team. I want to talk to you about uh, a little email I got yesterday. 
from uh, someone in the state of Georgia, in the country of the United States. This came from someone named Mindy. Mindy, I hope you don't mind. I'm not um, going to give your email or your name out. (laughs) That'd be crazy. But I'm going to read what you wrote, if you don't mind. If you do mind, well, it's too late. I've already done it. And plus, you're probably not listening to this episode as it comes out because uh, you you are um, catching up. But let's proceed. Hey, Mike, I've been listening to your podcast, Made Man, for the last month or so. I listen to it most days on my compu- on my commute, and it helps me not think about work. So thanks to, for that. It's a welcome distraction, uh, Mindy. If I'm if I'm nothing else. I'm a decent distraction, so I appreciate that very much. I love it so much. I crack up out loud every time you say Pete is a psychopath or that Betty is a simpleton. They totally are. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me because uh, the people I work with, they were like, they, they said they loved Betty, and I was like, I don't, am I wrong? But she just seems like a complete child, like a lady child. Um, you could say man child, so why not lady child? Um, okay, I will go on. I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of interrupting every line. I just finished listening to your episode on lazy, lazy, on Lady Lazarus season five, episode seven. It's so much fun to hear your process, your process, iconic moments. I remember watching it when it aired and we didn't know they would be iconic. Um, I had to go back and, and like, look at which one's Lady Lazarus. Oh, that's the one where Pete had that girl that is actually his wife in real life and all these things are going on. Um, so, if you're, yeah, Mindy, you're listening to season five now, and if you're listening most days of your commute, I'm going to say you'll catch up uh, maybe in a month from now. So, it is now March. How's April? How's how's late April doing, Mindy? Oh, oh, my goodness. Um, happy Easter, if you, if you celebrate Easter. I don't know. I'm Mindy, you know by now I ramble a lot. Uh, okay, back to the email. The Draper's shaking out their picnic blanket, uh, just leaving it the litter. Pete's sitting there with his rifle. Joan's line, you want to be taken seriously? Stop dressing like a 14-year-old girl. And then she says she loves Joan. That was a great line. That's the kind of the beginning about her and Peggy. And it, it even actually came up in today's episode when they're in the elevator talking about what, uh, how they dress. Um, she goes on, the guy getting his foot run over by the lawnmower. Uh, that one we knew would be remembered. I love it. Um, and in Lazy, Lady Lazarus, Don peering into the empty elevator shaft. That definitely means something. It's probably not a spoiler. I just meant it's symbolic to his emptiness, his lostness. Yes, I remember that now. That was that was such a cool, like, metaphorical, look at that word, uh, moment where he, it, nothing literal happened except he looked down and into the emptiness. And that could have been him. He could have taken that step. Um, Oh, and I also love the image in the intro of the men's silhouette falling. Really, that is that is this entire series. Him in the building falling out. That's just that is Mad Men. It's like the whole series can be encompassed in the opening scene, which I skip almost every time. And I feel like at least the last episode I'm gonna watch it in its full to enjoy one more time. Uh, it's exciting. so she uh, finishes his finishes his 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 because I like to say words. I'm so excited to catch up with you and watch the final season again. You are doing a great job and have a loyal listener in me. Keep podcasting sincerely, Mindy in Georgia. Mindy, thank you so much. And um, because of that, this song is dedicated to you. I'm just kidding. There's no song. I just felt like a DJ at that moment. Uh, wow. Thank you, Mindy, for listening. This was awesome. Um, hope you got my email back. Uh, anyone, if you're out there, 
You can email us too at maidman at fansidexperts.com. That's the email address that uh, comes to my, e- my personal email address. So if you get a reply back from some guy named Mike, you're like, who the hell is this? It's me. Um, so thank you, Mindy, for listening. Thank you for emailing. That was awesome. Uh, and again, you guys can email me at that email address, or you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. You can also find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality, which is my other Twitter account that I will be using um, that is always going to be there. And uh, because at some point, Made Man is gonna, not going to be tweeting as much because we're coming close to the end. And um, I'm, I'm as sad. I'm almost as sad as you are. It's, it's rough. But um, if you like my voice, maybe you can follow me at fansnotexperts.com. There's other podcasts I do. Some of them you might find interesting. Others I'm sure you won't find interesting at all. But that doesn't matter. What matters is you're here now. You're here with me now. And you're here still until the very end. As I continue this journey and you come along with me as I strive to become a made Fans not experts.